a whole heap of trouble Double crossed by the law so it's nobody to run to Yeah, it's just me and my sword off shotgun Outlaw, call him Leatherface I'm headed for the west Heard they got a couple banks in town that ain't been held up yet Well, I ought to make it by sundown I figure that's enough time for me to get the whole rundown So I continue my mission It's getting dark so now I'm watching for the and I don't know either. Is a more futile effort than robbing a bank? We're trying to. It's again. It's not you, like you, there's cameras everywhere. It's not like the olden days where yeah, you escaped into the hills on your horse. Right. 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 We got technology now. Like there like, are cameras everywhere. I just in think bank. That it's just not going to work. No, it's it's stupid. You're like an idiot if you rob a bank, and you deserve to be in the jail. Because you probably aren't smart enough to be walking around. You're robbing a bank. There are literally cameras on the pens that are on the chains at the bank. Or try to steal a pen from a bank? You can't even walk away with the pen. They're chained down. Like, you're going to try to rob a place that has more security than, like, anywhere else? And a teacher's credit union at that. Well, yeah. In a small a, town. In a small town. So there's yeah. probably not a whole lot of money in there. You got, got a, like a, a, a heavy diet of paste? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's probably on a 10-minute release before they can drop about two or 3000 you know? Yeah. I mean, my <laughs> God. You're just an idiot. <sighs> oh, well. We had a whole other direction today. But chief super fans. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fan. Let's not lump everybody. In. Yeah, I mean, that's just true. Him, There's two. It's there's just two. him and X Factor. There's two, and that's it. I again, I don't know if there's a website that's been set up for tracking tracking super fan arrests. But might not yeah. be good. That's all. Says that I'm a meth addict, which I I'm a cocaine addict and alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Been clean for four years. He said I threw a water bottle at him, which I didn't, and I flipped my car a yeah. week ago Tuesday. So it's been a wild week. Six it's been a it's while, been a week. while week. Yeah, it really has been. So, God, what, what's Chiefs Kingdom going to be like without X Factor? Now this Chiefs holic. You think we'll be able to move on? I think we'll be yeah. just fine. Yeah, yeah I think, it'll I be think we'll be great. It'll be all right. Mm-hmm. It'll be all right. Anybody else uh, we need to do a wellness check on this morning? A uh, little little piece of advice to couples out there that might be thinking of you know you got maybe a first of the year baby coming. Trying to tell us something. No. Okay, good. Um, think about names. I mean, your, your your kid's name can have a factor in a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? You name the kid the wrong thing. Oh, God, yes. Oof. You don't want to do that. You got to rhyme every name. You, you know what's going to happen in grade school and middle school and high school. Don't name your kid something that, you know, is like rhymes with the female anatomy, like, you know, Mulva. But you get that right name now and be thinking futuristic. Okay, our, our, the goal was always, hey man, get have a have a kid that gets a scholarship. That'd be great, mm-hmm. right? Right. Whether it's academics or athletics or whatever, just get that scholarship. But also, name the kid appropriately to then get paid. That's right. And the latest example would be a prospect by the name of Rowdy Beers. That's a good name. It is. And now Rowdy Beers is going to get NIL money. Yeah, Rowdy Beers is a high school kid who committed to FIU football, which is Florida Atlantic University or something. International. 
Um, and so he tweets out yesterday his like little picture of himself, and he says, "All glory to God." Committed. I would like to thank my parents and my coaches for the sacrifices they made and making me the player and person that I am today. Pause up. And he tags some people. Roddy Beers. He Go ta- get him. He, he t- tagged Zach Wilson in this as well. Really good. Oh, that's the recruiting coordinator for the Colorado Rockies. Sorry. Um, so so congratulations to Rowdy Beers. I'm like, that's a really cool name, it's good right? Name. It's a great it's good name. Like I grew up, my parents had friends, Larry and Ronnie Beers. Ronnie had passed away. They could never have kids. Larry's moved on. Everybody's mad that Larry moved on because, oh, my God, Ronnie died. Why would he move on? Because that's what you do in life. You move on. Um, they never had any children. I'd like to think if they had children, they would have named their child Rowdy Beers as well. That would have been a great name. And so I'm scrolling through some of these comments on the Rowdy Beers tweet, and I see one that I go, oh, brilliant. And it's Buffalo Wild Wings. And all they do is tweet to him a hand with a pen in it, like signing something emoji. Yeah. Does Buffalo Wings want to sign Rowdy Beers? Yes. I think they do. Yeah, I think think, so as well. I think they do. I think so. So Buffalo Wild Wings now, they don't know who this kid is, but his name is Rowdy Beers. They want to sign this guy to an NIL. Hey, come down to Buffalo Wild Wings and have some Rowdy Beers. Seems smart what to me. What a great idea. Way to go, Buffalo Wild Wings. So, again, name your kids something that's marketable, like the coldest forest. I'm so glad we called SOS. Our Crawford, I guess is the coldest. The coldest, yeah. I'm always the coldest. SOS to the rescue. Hey, this is Dakota Crawford, raw receiver from Louisiana, now playing in Lincoln. When your AC isn't the coldest, you call SOS heating and cooling. Their takes don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than a competition guaranteed. Take it from the coldest. We'll keep you cool this summer. So we had the coldest Crawford, and now we got Rowdy Beers. So word of advice, name your kids something catchy that's got marketing opportunities when they're a little bit older. Right. Think about NIL now. Now. Before it's too late. We're compiling that list of baby names. Right. Think dollar signs. That's right. Dollar signs. You got to think about it because Rowdy Beers may not be anything special on the football field. But off the field, he's going to get a check. He's going to get paid. Yeah. Like if his people or him or whoever, mom, hasn't already contacted Buffalo Wild Wings to get this thing done, you're doing it wrong. They're offering right now. Yes, yes. They're offering. We'd like to sign Rowdy. Yes, you would. You and you can. Rowdy beers is available. Is available. That's right. So think about that as a, as a parent. Names have marketing opportunities attached to them, especially in this day and age of nil. You never know who's out there wanting to spend money. Um, from the I'm just here so I don't get fined department. I guess would be another NFL athlete who's not that happy with the media. Giovanni Bernard. Who? Gio Bernard. He's still playing in the NFL? He's still playing in the NFL. How about that? That's right. Didn't want to talk to reporters the other day. After taking one off the face and screwing up a big play. That That is correct. Right. So big gaff amongst many for the uh, Buccaneers on Sunday. He's playing for the Bucks against Cincinnati. You know they had the five turnover, 
botched punt. Yeah. Botched fake punt. They had a they had a mess of things that went on. So obviously reporters want to talk to everybody, like, hey, what happened? Sure. Um, and uh Bernard wanted nothing to do with reporters in the uh in the locker room. Well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us to talk to you about all year? I talked to you Tuesday. Just don't just talk. Don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season too. Can I go to my family that I have outside? You can. Just don't say we didn't talk to you all year. We just wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened there. You're involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. Okay. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but okay, also you were injured. Question, Just please. tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Was it a fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, Is it something the team hasn't practiced It's all week? me. All of me. That's uh, something I did wrong, and that's all. So you were It was aware. all on me. Yep, number 25 out there. That was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware it was, that it was just a fake? Me. Yeah, I, I messed up. I understand that, but I'm just asking if you knew it was coming. I messed up. We just up. didn't know if it was a communication Yeah, breakdown. I messed up. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. All that trouble for a minute four. He just turned around and answered the question. Went about his day. Ted decides to go toe-to-toe with the media who wants to just ask him a question about the, the play and he said, you guys haven't talked to me all season long. You're probably right about that. I didn't know he was still in the league. I, quite, quite honestly. <laughs> the one guy goes, we didn't have anything to talk to you about before. Right. You <laughs> he goes, actually, I talked to you earlier in the week. You don't talk to people who don't really have an impact on things, right? You're, you're not in there, like, looking for whoever, like, you know, number 46 on the roster or whatever. You're, you're just not doing that. That's not the way things work. Like, And I, I know athletes got a way of always making the media out to be the devil in this one, right? And I'll say this from where I I sit on this. As the years have gone on, athletes, coaches, all people involved in sports have become less and less cooperative with the media. That's fair to say, right? You think back to to the 70s, the media was a big deal for baseball and football, and the media still is a big deal. Without the media writing checks, how many guys could make the money that they make. Where does the NFL get all their money from? TV deals. The media. Right. The media pays the freight for all of these sports leaks. And did the reporters handle that the best? Oh, I don't know. I I would say it sounded like a bunch of reporters who were kind of on their last leg with the way that they probably been treated all year long. Right. And that's ultimately what it boils down to. How many times during the course of a season were they told no, where guys dodged them, where people are hiding? Like, I, I think it's I think it's a two-way street. And I think the media and the teams need to do a better job of cooperating with each other because I feel like, for all intents and purposes, there's adversarial relationships with reporters and with athletes these days. And I think that stems from the teams trying to tell the athletes that the reporters are out to get him when that's just not true. I mean, you know, things haven't really changed much since Dick Vermeil was here, and he used to have the media for lunch every Tuesday, right? They used to bring in lunch every Tuesday for the media. He'd sit around, tell everybody anything they wanted to know, have great conversations. It was enjoyable. You formed a good relationship. Those days are gone. And so I think with the competition that's out there right now, with everybody trying to do their job, I think there's a lot of people at the end of the year 
people are going to be on edge. And I think there needs to do a better job of both sides of treating each other with respect. Because I quite frankly don't believe the majority of people in sports treat the people who work in the media with respect. I just don't believe that they do. Not everybody, but a good majority of people. Well, there, there's definitely a culture of the belief that everybody's out to get you. And, and, and that's, that's just not, not true. It's not true. It's not, not true. true. Not true. Just be cooperative with each other. I'm saying he got really worked up about that. Right. And then he ultimately then didn't say anything. Correct. On purpose. And then Kevin Durant quote tweets, he goes, this guy handled it like a champion. And that whole exchange was a minute four. Yeah. Or if he did just like owned it. 64 seconds. I got to go see my family. They can wait. There's a room full of free food and booze that they can sit in for another 30 seconds. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. But he could have just answered the question and it would have been fine. Right. Would have moved on. It would have been but, no big would have deal. been fine. But he didn't handle it right. And then because he didn't handle it right, then the reporters are put on defense because, look, they got a job to do. This guy took one off the face. Yeah. So what happened on that play? Like, truly, he just was upset that he made a bad play. Yeah. And so I don't think that was a reaction by either side based no, on just that good, moment. That, that felt like it was the the culmination of what yeah. it's been a tough season in Tampa. Obviously things aren't going well down there, obviously. And I think everybody's just on edge and it just kind of came to a head. Just answer the question, man. Seriously, just answer the question. It, there's, it doesn't cost anything to be nice and have respect for others. It really doesn't. And And we're getting too far away where, Athletes look down at the media when the media is writing these big fat checks to pay these salaries. And I I just, it's not about that for me. It's just have respect for another human being. Other people are doing jobs too. And quite frankly, how many of these guys that are playing right now get into the media when it's all said and done, right? A lot of them, a lot of guys are going into the media, creating their own podcast, doing that kind of stuff when their playing careers are over. Just have respect for others. And it goes for the reporters, too. There's got to be a way for everybody to have mutual respect. I just don't think it exists that much in sports anymore. Any causes for concern after the last two weeks for the Chiefs? We'll ask color analyst Dana Hughes next. Fesco in the morning, locked in, focused, and ready to go starting at 6. I get the bosses wrong all the time, too. I remember which one's on which team. Right. Chubbs are the same way. Chubbs are the same way. Yeah. Um... Where was I going with this now? I totally forgot. I lost you on yeah, Chubb, you, you, you nine-year-old. <laughs> Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. Bono looking to pass the football, throws in the middle, passes cut, touchdown Kansas City, touchdown Chiefs, touchdown Chiefs, Dana Hughes, touch the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers, halfback pass, Marcus Allen right side, touchdown Kansas City, Dana Hughes from Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news and views. From Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Dana Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him D-Nice. Just call me D-Nice. 
Danon Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio, back safely from uh, from Houston. Normally joins us at 8.30, and we were a little concerned yeah. that we had not heard from you, so I'm glad you're back. Were you looking for chiefs down there in Houston? and Everything all right with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. No no, uh, yeah, I wasn't the getaway driver or anything like that, so <laughs> I'm good. Good. That's good. We were a little, we were a, we That's were a good. little concerned about that. Do you think uh, you think we'll survive here in Chiefs Kingdom without this guy? Uh, yeah, I think we will. It'll be it'll be uh, tough. I know there'll be a lot of what candle vigils and all that stuff. So, but we'll we'll make it. Yeah, we will. We'll make it through. All right. Um, will we make it through without seeing Carl Cheffers again at a game? Man, this this is tough because. You have to believe that the NFL recognizes that. And I'm sure there are some discrepancies with different crews, with different teams, and it just seems to to line up that way. And you never want to get into a situation where you are totally blaming officials for any win or loss. But, like, it's clear. Like, it's clear there is a, a true discrepancy when it comes to his crew and a Chiefs game. I mean, I, I saw that we've had – what, 10 penalties in two games, and it was both with him? Like, I feel like if you're the NFL and if you care about integrity of the game, <coughs> which that's up, that's debatable. I mean, when you consider how the how uh, the officiating is and some of the calls that are made and some of the things that you can and cannot review, um, the integrity of the game is in flux. Uh, I feel like, and you guys may have seen on Twitter, like I feel like there's more, there's more emphasis on finding guys and taking money than there is on the actual integrity of the game during the game. They'd rather, to me, if you don't get a flag in the game, there should not be a fine. And uh, that would alleviate some of the integrity, but at the same time, there's ways that the college college um, football does things right with reviews that the NFL refuses to uh, because of their ego. And uh, you come into situations like this where it's pretty, pretty clear cut that there's an ax to grind against the chiefs for whatever reason. And I thought it was, and I even said it during the broadcast. I thought it was pretty darn clear. Uh, the leadership on this team at the highest level on the field, Andy Reid handled that game as well as you could possibly handle that game. And if you watch his mannerisms on the sidelines, when all the players were complaining about the flags, he kind of kept it even keel. And that that's something that we should be proud of in the Chiefs' kingdom, that we have a coach that's not going to blow blow up at the officials on, on any given Sunday just because things are going against him. He had to be the calming force for this team in order for them to get back on track and get that W and uh, that happened. But clearly, I mean, sometimes these are like fan initiated things, you know, we're like, Oh, we don't like, blah, blah, blah. Right. we're they're going against us. But clearly this is in the heads of the players too. I mean, that's, that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, it is because there are people that think that one call or two calls don't make a game. Well, they actually do depending on what call it is and where it happens, if it's against your defense and it's on third down, then you start a whole new first down. That's another one minute plus at minimum that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the ball. That's another opportunity to flip the field. And now instead of punting from what 
possibly could have been the 30-yard line. You may be punting from the 40-yard line. Now you open the door for possible fakes and nailing the ball inside the 10-yard line. Now your offense has to move the ball 95-plus yards instead of maybe 75 yards. So the, 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 the thought that one play doesn't affect the game from a player's perspective is ridiculous. It absolutely does. So when you have players out there flailing their hands, trying to get calls, wondering why calls are going against them but not for them, uh, it takes away one from the integrity of the game. And you have to be a professional, and I get it. And there's a fine line uh, where you have to put it behind you and just play football. But the other aspect is very rarely do you have blowouts in NFL games. And so games are going to come down to one possession, maybe two possessions, like 10 points or less. And those calls matter. And when you're not getting them and you're seeing situations like we saw with the commanders and the giants where the official gives them the thumbs up that he's on the line of scrimmage, then grabs his flag and throws it. That obviously mattered. That's one play that took away from an opportunity to win a football game. Uh, that's a that's a clear example. Never mind the things that we experienced in our game uh, against the Houston Texans. And to come into the game, let's remember, we came into the game third in the league with the least penalties. So how do you and you're playing against a one and eleven and one team. Mm-hmm. So how do you get more than double the penalties of a one eleven and one team when you came in the game top three in having the most penalties? Like. Bad teams usually commit penalties more than good teams. We're a good team, so it just doesn't line up. Well, at 22% of the penalties this year have been called in the two games that Carl Cheffers is refereeing. The NFL has to take a look at that and go, all right, we got a Cheffers problem. Yeah, I believe it. And then we, we talked about it in the first game. What was that, the Raiders game when yeah, it happened? When, when he cried, yes. Yeah, and the – how he was ignoring Andy Reid on the sideline. And I had never seen that from an officiating crew where they just stood on the opposite end of the field away from the coach and not even giving him an opportunity to voice his his displeasure or at least have a chat about it. Uh, It was totally disrespectful. And then I saw it again this week uh, when when, uh, Andy Reid, when uh, there was calls made and he and his crew stayed on the side or near the sideline of the Houston Texans. And I'm like, there's got to be some some force, some leader in uh, the officiating in the NFL that has a, a conference call or something on Monday. And like, dude, you can't do that. Like, the optics don't look right. Whether or not it's within the rules, well, I'm not saying that they have to do it, but the optics do not look right when you have – the you know one of the greatest coaches the longest tenured coach in the NFL that you should be given some regard to that he's not a you know he's not a Todd Haley on the sideline he's not going to be throwing his headset at you he's not going to be cussing you out he just wants to chat with you and you can't even give him the respect to go over there and just listen right. just hear him out you can't change the flag just hear him out so, Dana, in a situation like that, then doesn't, like, the burden then fall to Josh as the sideline reporter to get the ref over there? Like, shouldn't he walk out on the field and <laughs> hey, say, hey, hey, hey Chaz, get over hey, here and talk to Andy? Go talk to Coach. That's what I was thinking. I'm glad you put it out there. I didn't want to throw Josh under the bus, but since you did it first, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'd say, yeah. I mean, a, a really, really good sideline reporter that's on top of things, he would, he would go and, you know, 
drag him over there. Yeah, I, I, agree. I don't know why he doesn't do that. Maybe next season they'll find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon Hughes, <laughs> cheese color analyst, joining us uh, after the last uh, couple of weeks, probably really. Uh, any cause for uh, concerns for you? Uh, yeah, I think what we have to realize about this team, and this is a reality check week because you're coming down the stretch. Uh, uh, there are several teams that have tougher schedules than you. And this is definitely a window of time where you can let everybody know that you are a great team, but we're not a great team yet. We're a really good team. We aspire to be great. We've seen greatness from this organization in recent years. So we know what great looks like. And we're just a really good team playing good football right now, playing winning football right now. So if the objective is just to win another AFC West title, like we just did, if the objective is to host another playoff game, which we will, then great. Being a really good team, being a good team is okay, but that's not the goal. So my concern is utilizing these last three games to become great, to be, to get that momentum moving towards the playoffs where greatness is, um, you know, is needed. And so when we are minus six in the giveaway takeaway, you know, even though we had the big turnover to get the win, like we got to flip that. And to me, we've seen this before where we've been able to have stretches at the end of the season where we've been able to turn the table on the giveaway takeaway. And I feel like these three games, it's absolutely necessary for us to do so. And, um, and then just carry that kind of aura. Like we felt like in the past years, even when we lost last year and when we lost to the Patriots prior to that, there was, there was an aura about this team that you felt like, Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a guarantee that we're going to make it to the Super Bowl. And I want to, I want to feel that aura about this team again. And I feel like this stretch will be able to, kind of allow us to climb above. I believe that the Bills will lose likely to the Bengals. Um, and then we will have that path for another year where the Super Bowl champion has to come through Arrowhead Stadium. So I have high hopes, high expectations. I think everybody should, um, justifiably so. But there are some concerns along the way that I think we can clear clean up over these next three weeks. Yeah, clean up those fumbles, clean up. I don't even know about the penalties because I don't know what penalties are real and which ones are Cheffers. Yeah. And and so, you know, but, but for me, just clean up the turnovers, man, and we're going to be just fine. Yeah, the turnovers are key. I'd like to see more interceptions, um, uh, but the turnovers are key. I, and I, even during the broadcast, I talked about the strip, and I was glad that Frank Clark was able to get his hand in there. But I watch everybody else, even the Houston Texans, when every time we had a ball carrier go to the ground, their guy was trying to rip the ball out. Sometimes they rip the ball out after the whistle, which is fine. That's not a, a penalty. That's just a habit. And I, I'd like to see our guys get in that same habit of it's always about getting the ball. It's not about just making the tackle. You watch special teams more than anybody. How about shoring all of those up before the postseason? What would be your keys to that? Yeah, I mean, how how interesting is it? You seeing the back and forth with Colquitt and Townsend on Twitter, and and I'm sure there's some meat on the bone in regards to what Colquitt said, and I understand what Townsend said as well. But if there has to be some kind of inconsistency that's going on, either with the spot, with the spin of the ball, or just the confidence 
uh, that you're having from Harrison Butker that the ball will be where it needs to be, the way it needs to be there, so he can kick the ball. You don't want to have those thoughts going through your head when you're trying a 50-yard field goal. So there's some things that can be shored up. Maybe it's a reality check because now the the eyes are on you, Tommy Townsend, to place the spot and have it right. Uh, also, the spin. I mean, you guys have been around Kendall Gammon, a great long snapper for years. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew how many rotations it took to get back to the holder and how the holder was going to catch the ball and how much the, the ball needed to spin after he held it. There was there's great continuity in that. It's not just about the snap, the hold. It's about the placement and how the ball is caught. So tightening those screws there. Uh, I think is important, and then our return game. We haven't we've been pretty much non-existent in our return game, and I'd like to see that be the extra jolt uh, for this team going into the playoffs. So yeah, there's some there's some screws that need to be tightened. Special teams as well, defense, offense, uh, but you don't have to be the best right now. You just have to be the best in the second week of January. That's exactly right. Before we let you get out of here, what is the dumbest play you've ever been a part of? And does anything rival how dumb the Patriots are? (laughs) How crazy is it that, you know, with all the the accolades and, and justifiably so the greatness of Bill Belichick, that he will be associated with the dumbest play ever in, in the history of the NFL. I know, right? Like you would have never thought, you would have thought, okay, maybe the Detroit Lions or or somebody like that, but never would you think that the New England Patriots would now take the crown of the dumbest play ever in NFL history. And I don't know if there's anything I've ever experienced that was close to that. Not, I mean, penalties, you know, we got in fights, we got helmets ripped off, uh, stuff like that, but nothing, nothing even, <laughs> nothing even close to throwing the ball back across your body to a quarterback that can't run in a tie game when all you needed to do was kneel down and go to overtime. Like, I don't know if you can get anything close to that. Fantastic stuff, man. Absolutely (laughs) fantastic play. I'm still watching my mind laughing my ass off. Like what in the hell is this? (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's nuts. Well, you have a a good holiday and uh, we'll see you Christmas Eve out at the old uh, ball game. Yes, you guys have a blessed and Merry Christmas as well and to all the listeners. And we'll be back on Thursday, players only. There you go. Before Christmas, so we'll we'll have some Christmas cheers, barbershop <laughs> and I, for that night. You going to have Chiefs of Holocon or not? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a collect call. You get a collect call. We have a collect call from Chiefs of Holocon. Oh, jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Danon. Chiefs color, right, take it easy, guys. Chiefs color analyst Danon Hughes joining uh, us here on 610 Sports Radio. Is that North. the only place payphones are now is in prison? Uh, no, I saw one somewhere recently on one of the road yeah, trips. You and I both saw a payphone recently. I think I saw one. Like, I maybe I saw a picture of somebody putting the last payphone in New York City no, or something. I swear I saw one in person, but I couldn't tell if the phone, if the cord, Oh, I did. I saw one in New York when we were there to, for my wife during the marathon. They had a payphone at the, uh, at the mot- uh, hotel we were staying in. Was the cord working? I didn't try. My kids are like, what is this thing on the wall? Mm. It's called a payphone. You used to have to carry a quarter in your kangaroos. Make sure you had a quarter to call home. Quarter in your key. We always had to do one where would you take a collect call and I would just say something really fast that my mother would decline the call so she wouldn't have to pay for it, but she knew where to pick me up. That's why I had On the way home. Kangaroos. The ruse had the pocket in the thing. Yeah. You put your house key and some house quarters for the, the phone. That's right. Quarter in the other. Yeah.
It's an effective shoe. It really was. We need more shoes with pouches. Yeah. The current estimates for the uh, feels-like temperature, according to Field Yates, a kickoff of some of the games Saturday includes uh, Seahawks at Chiefs, minus six. It'll be fine. For the uh, feels-like temperature. It'll be fine. You know who won't be cold that day? Who? Chiefs-aholic. He got, he got himself right. a nice warm room. Three hots and a cot. <laughs> you won't have to worry about getting frostbite. So, yeah, so Chiefs fans going going uh, Saturday, bundle up. It's going to be uh, like a no-joke weather day. Are uh, you prepared on, yet? On Have Saturday. you got the electric jacket? I did buy a uh, battery-powered heated vest. You did? Yeah. Where did yeah. you get it? Yeah, on Amazon. Oh, on Amazon. I yeah. didn't know if you went out to the store. And no, no, no. That's a good. That's yeah. a good. Purchase. No, I figured this was this was this. Was this time. was the time. This was the time to go ahead and try it. Do not buy the electric socks. Ralph got the electric socks. He said they didn't work. Mm. I'm going to tell you the thing that works the best are the foot pads that you stick on the bottom stick of on your the socks. Of your shoe. Not the individual heat packs, but the entire length of your foot. Oh, the length of your foot ones. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Get that way. Yeah. It's shaped like a foot, yeah. sticks on the bottom of your foot. I've had the toe ones it's before. Really you, nice. put on, you put on like the ball of your feet. Yeah. You stick on your shoes. Oh, those, were, stick? those were pretty okay. good. Yeah. Those are pretty good. But the entire foot one would probably be the, the absolute it's way the to way go. It's the way to go. One. Yeah, yeah. You need to go ahead and get a wetsuit too, it's you know, keep that in. heat in. Mm-hmm. Saw that last night on uh, Monday Night Yeah, Countdown. Monday Night Countdown. They had the wetsuit on, yeah. Put the wetsuit on, and the quarterbacks put the wetsuit on, cut the arms out so they can still throw and put a little tiger balm on their arms. Yeah. They're good to go. Tiger balm? Where did I find that? Real nice. I, I know where you can get some uh, wolf balm. Where? Out of the Bixby where? Jail. <laughs> where, Bob? <laughs> I was like, to- yeah, toss it to you, right? Brady to the AFC West. <laughs> How about a great 2023 rumor? Next. Festo in the morning. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Your home for car audio since 1967. Please listen to our friend and all-pro defensive tackle, Chris Jones. Wake up with Festo in the morning, starting at 6 on 610 Sports Radio. And always live on the Odyssey app. But, you know, Texas rhymes better with taxes, I think. So it does, but, but yeah. for our standpoint, yeah. Bixby, yeah, Bixby. Bixby is the uh, is the place to be. Bixby is in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm coming down from Chanute, Kansas, and, and, and we thought that might be a good place to see. There ain't nothing up here in Kansas. Well, there's nothing here in Bixby. Mm, nothing, nothing. Uh, join us Friday, January 13th, Cinderblock Brewing in North KC. Starting at 6, we will tap the playoff Pilsner for this upcoming postseason. Come on out and tap that keg and party with uh, everyone from 610 Sports Radio. It was a great time a, a year ago. We're doing it again. X Factor and Chiefs Hulk will not be there. We tap the uh, playoff Pilsner starting at 6, Cinderblock Brewing, North Kansas City, Friday, January the 13th. Be there. Be there. Um, Carrington had a tweet that I want to talk about real fast about this Chiefs Holic thing. He goes, this goes to show you a couple of things. People aren't who you think they are on Twitter. And he's absolutely right about that. People think they know people because, you know, you tweeted at them or talked to them on Twitter or seen their tweets. You don't know these people. Clearly we didn't know Chiefs Holic. Of course I never did, but I never, yeah.
Well, a few boy, super fans I didn't know. But boy, uh, the sleuthing that's going on right now. Dig, I mean, I mean they are digging it up, right? Jeez. Yeah. Again, I don't want to know. I don't. <laughs> I don't really care. But boy, did you say he allegedly sued the, the Patriots? Uh, well, yeah. Somebody sent us documents said he <laughs> won a suit against the Patriots for slipping outside of the stadium or something. Oh. He's a gentleman by the same name. Yeah. Is that a Chiefs game from, in, in uh, from, Yeah, from Kansas. So, yeah. yeah. It's got to be him then, right? I, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. He has Kansas plates. I don't know. Don't know. He's wearing a leisure suit. A furry, le- furry, furry leisure, leisure suit. suit. Yes. He's driving a tenement on wheels. Mm. Mm. Your real-life cousin Eddie out here. <sighs> uh, so the... Uh, so Pat McAfee's had a lot of fun with Chisa Hawk. Oh way, my God! Yes. Tweeting over yes. the last, uh, you know, yes. twelve hours or so. But, uh, but also on his show, he had predicted a uh, a destination for one, uh, Tom Brady. Oh boy, where are we going now? next, Tommy boy? Next season. Tom Brady's about to be a free agent. Hmm. Tom Brady's going to Las Vegas next year. Is that what everybody's just assuming? The dead cap for Derek Carr, if he gets cut by the Las Vegas Raiders, is $5 million. Allegedly, the salary cap's going up to 220.8. Mm-hmm. It's at 210 right now. Allegedly. These are all we don't know until the, the number's locked in. They got big money, obviously, with Crosby and Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. So they're going to have to, you know, probably make moves anyway on that roster. Who knows what it'll look like next year. But Tom Brady back with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. With Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and a defense that they won all in on. Is that like the most obvious thing of all time? Is that what we're assuming is going to take place? I think the writing is on the wall. Hmm. Wow. Does that give you a little pause? How about that? I mean, you could could tell yourself, oh, man, he's washed. Look at him. He's terrible this year. He's had his worst worst record ever. Right, right, right. But is there a little bit that goes, (laughs) I don't know. I don't want. Those pieces around him are pretty good. He's back to a coach he's familiar with, mm-hmm. had some success offensively with. Or are you in the camp of great? Then Mahomes gets two more chances. We can we can uh, get the uh, the record on the right side of <laughs> of Mahomes yeah, could before Brady uh, retires. I don't know how to feel about this one, Josh, because part of me looks and goes, "All right, I." think he's seen better days, but there's also part of me that going, well, all those weapons, I don't know that I want to see Tom Brady playing for the Raiders. Right. And, and so I, I don't know, like I, I find myself asking myself this question a lot recently, like within the last 10 minutes um, <laughs> is, is Tom Brady declining and not up to playing anymore to the capabilities that we're used to, or is it the weapons around him? Just like, do the chiefs need to clean up the penalties or are they Carl Cheffers? Like you, you don't really know what the correct answer is. I just feel like I'm watching a disinterested 45 year old quarterback go out there and mail the rest of the season. in, even though they're probably going to make the playoffs because that division is so bad. I just don't know that he has it anymore. But I want the storylines to be here. Like from a what we do for a living standpoint, Tom Brady playing is is awesome. Tom Brady offseason wondering if he's going to play. Great speculation. Want we love all. all that kind I of stuff. I want it all, yes. 
Do I want to see him back there out on the field? I think I've seen enough of Tom Brady to wet my palate for the rest of my life. I don't know that I need to see any more Tom Brady out there unless he's just mailing in the rest of this season. Be interesting to see him, but I also don't want a chance at that. He goes out there and has a little bit of success with the Raiders. Because I'm with you. Because I, the coach is his guy, too. I you think know? I think he's got, you, had, you said the question, the, the weapons around him. No, I think he's got really good weapons. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah. Leonard Fournette in the backfield. I like that Cam Brate, that tight end guy. Yeah. Like, I no, I think he's got plenty of pieces. So, yeah, yeah the okay. question, it does fall a little bit closer to me this year. On, hmm, maybe he's, maybe he is declining. Maybe he is. But, also, but again, he doesn't have his head I, coach there in Arians either. And, and, and I also can't discount what this year has been. Right. It's been a mess. I mean, the or personal season side. has been. And is he completely distracted? And is he a guy? Yes. It's just playing it out this year. And he's not having fun and what have you. And he gets to breathe for a moment, and then it, then it's, then he's got the hunger again. He's ready to go. I mean, right. I, or is it I, like Russell Wilson has seen better days too? You know, I don't know. I, I just would not err on the side of wheels falling off if he goes to Vegas. I, I just got. I mean, I look. I understand holding on us for as long as you can because once you walk away. Well, unless you're Tom Brady, you don't walk back in, right? I mean, once you retire. Yeah, Tom Brady could probably walk back in right? if he wanted Gronk, to. Yeah. Gronk did it. But once guys walk away, they're done, they, and it's over. The NFL moves on from you. Yeah, well, yeah. Even <laughs> baseball or hockey. or Like, once you're done and you draw that line in the sand that you're done, there really is no going back, right? It's over. Everything you've done your entire life is gone. And that's hard, especially when you're 45 years old and playing football is all you ever know, right? It's like taking that step back outside and getting reacclimated to life. Like, I got to go to the grocery store and get my food. I got to wash my own tidy whiteies. Like, all those things that the team normally did for you, now you got to do all that stuff for yourself. You got to worry about real-life things. You weren't just insulated by a football team. It's a big lifestyle change. It's a big mental change for a lot of guys. And I think for the majority of guys that played professional sports or even high-level collegiate sports, it is very hard for them to move on. They go from being a superstar that people are worshiping to just a dude waiting in line for bananas and, and apples and kale like the rest of us, right? And so that's hard for a lot of people to grasp. They always talk about guys who retire and don't do anything and they end up dying like weeks later because they had nothing else to live for but work. I mean, I, I look at a guy like Tom Brady and I wonder, what's life going to be like on the outside for Tom Brady, right? How's he going to handle things? Because he's not a guy that played three years in this league. He's been in this league for 25 years. Mm, well, and he's I, never had to deal with real life. I think he'll have the uh, the Fox check. He'll be all right. Well, and, and, and that's what you fall back <laughs> on. And, and, and that was going to be my that's point. That's all he's not going to be able to figure it out. But he's got $350 million yeah. waiting for him, right? Yeah. Does that 350 for me it would. Now, let me get that. But does that $350 million subsidize what I think he's afraid to lose by walking away from football. Maybe not. No, maybe not. Maybe not. I feel like he's a guy that's afraid to walk away from football because he doesn't know what life is going to be like without football. You want to just keep playing football, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ESPN wrote a piece yesterday, speaking of of quarterbacks moving, they wrote a piece yesterday and and had 19 teams that could add starting quarterbacks next season. How many? 19. Jeez, so like only five aren't adding? I mean, what a crazy number. (laughs) And didn't have Denver in there, by the way. (laughs) Well, I mean, they've got 250 million yeah, reasons stuck. why they can't. They didn't have Vegas in there out of the AFC West. They did or did not? Did not have Denver. They had Vegas. They had there. Vegas. Yes. Okay, I think they did not there. have Vegas, too. I was like, really? No, they did not have Denver. And, of course, they did not have the Chargers right. or the Chiefs. Uh, but 
Las Vegas was was in there. 19 teams. I'm like, let's go. Let's like, do this. I love the <laughs> give me give me all the quarterback offseason storylines. Okay, so nine let's say 19 teams need a quarterback, right? Jeez. Oh, How many of those 19 teams are gonna find a quarterback good enough to lead them to wins? Two? Or better than they what they already have that they've right. decided they need to move on from. Right. Because I don't know if Atlanta's gonna find somebody better than Desmond Ritter. I mean, a few of them that were in there would be like... Like Baltimore's like, on the list. Baltimore's on the list. They could very well just re-sign Lamar, and it's fine. I heard something the other right? day about he's, he could be traded this offseason now, yeah. too. Like, yeah. I don't know that he's going back there. Like, Green Bay's on the list. They could stay put. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a few teams on there that... that... Carolina's on the list. They could very well stay with Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are teams on the list that could go either way, but 19 is a large number. Like Jared Goff's on the list with the Lions. If the Lions make the playoffs, how do you move on from Jared Goff? Because you don't want to pay him. But he's doing something that many haven't done before. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, the Green Bay one is interesting. They got that guy locked I just love this. If we get all the quarterback drama this offseason, including Brady, Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. It's fantastic. And again, it's other people. Which yeah. is even better. Which is even better, the whole thing. I love watching quarterback carousel from afar. The Rams thing is and interesting, knowing, too. And knowing it's not anywhere close to your realm. Like, the biggest quarterback question for the Chiefs in the offseason is, uh, is it finally time for Shane Bouchelle to be moved up to the... Great. Yeah. If that's your... If that's your <laughs> awesome. Are we starting that topic today? No. Oh. I mean, I, I, think, I think at some point, it'd be, you know... It's, how long's Henny got? Yeah, has Bouchelle been around Is long Bouchelle enough to ready? be, the, be yeah. the backup? I think I think that that's probably a, a question. But again, I'd rather be in that category than one pay a guy you don't really like. Yeah, or have no plan. Because there's a lot out there that are. Well, I think it's one and the same. You either don't have a plan or you're paying a guy you're liking. You're paying a guy that you like because you don't have a plan, or you have a plan but there's no answer or solution to that plan. You know. Like I'm sure there's all these teams that need quarterbacks aren't going into the offseason thinking we're not gonna we're gonna get somebody. Yeah. And then they realize there just aren't enough good people on earth that can play in the NFL. Or I just sent the at the quarterback okay, position. I just, I just sent the text. There it is. Boom. All right. What text was that? Oh, let that guy make yeah, sure yeah, he knows. Yeah, the guy, the the guy was, starting. That was yeah. that was told us to do better for our show tomorrow. We'll right. try. We'll try. Uh that he was be, gonna be back for Cody and Gold. I just sent the text. Cody and right. Gold are live in five minutes. We hope to win you back tomorrow. If you missed any of the show today, I thought we had a lot of fun. Yeah. You can check it out, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride. And if you're not having fun this time of year, man, lighten up. Chiefs color analyst, Dane and Hughes. Lots of talk about Bixby, Oklahoma. Um, uh, shower beers. And uh, Big Macs. Big Macs. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff today. I don't know what we missed. Uh, you can check it out anytime, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app. Cody and Gold are next here on 610 Sports Radio. Talk to you later.